0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. It's always an honor and a privilege to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And happy as always to have significant sound bites every single Friday. This sp- Friday special for you this week is with Mark Lukasiewicz. And Mark is somebody who is obviously a World Series champion back in 2002 with the Angels and is somebody who knows this sport of baseball all too well, having played it throughout his life and obviously staying connected to it and connected to what's going on in the here and now. We have a lot of things to get to today, Hall of Fame conversation as well as his time playing with Roy Halladay and so much more, Tim Tebow, the Syracuse Mets, baseball in general coming up right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tutour with Mark Lukasiewicz. Mark, how are we doing today?
1: Dan, great to be here on your show. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mark, I want to go back to your your time and, you know, and, and, and hoisting that trophy. I mean, it, it is so difficult to win the World Series and even to get back there to be there within five years time, so to speak. So when you get to go to the World Series and win the World Series and be able to hoist that trophy, just bring me into those moments and how special that that was. I mean, if you could compare it to anything in the world or if it's just in a world all by itself.
1: It's, uh, well, obviously it was an amazing experience. I mean, nothing like I've ever experienced before. Uh, so it's definitely a highlight of my career in my life. Um, but, you know, the, I think the big thing was is that the fact that You know, when you look at that season, going into that season, nobody, all the baseball analysts, no one really even picked the Angels to even be in the playoffs. Uh, So we were really the underdog, and we surprised a lot of people just being the wild card uh, to clinch that wild card spot and and to go as far as we did and then eventually going on to win that World Series. Uh, We shocked a lot of people, and, you know, we did it with a, a bunch of guys that were not big, big payroll, big superstar. Superstars. So we, we did it with a lot of of grit, a lot of hustle, and we played small ball, and uh, we found ways to win games.
0: And when you go back to those moments, like you said, you know that the uh, the the talking heads out there out there weren't picking the angels and you didn't do it with you know having to essentially buy a championship so to speak so to to get into all that that you know these are blue collar guys that are working hard that aren't on everybody's radar maybe aren't household names and at the same time the team itself is not a team that was getting a lot of accolades back then just to be that underdog and to be the team that that believed in themselves from the inside out and shut out the the noise on the outside just what it meant for you to experience something like that to live in a world where you guys believed it no matter what anybody said
1: no I, I absolutely and i think again we had a bunch of guys that we just worked hard uh the media there was really not a lot of spotlight on us so there was as far as pressure there was really no pressure on us because nobody expected us to do anything and you know we there was no these no big expectations so we were just kind of moving along doing our thing playing the game and, and just finding ways to win
0: and when you went through that, and to look back on it now, I mean, it's 2019, hard to believe 17 years ago. What, what, is, what does that do for you over time? And, you know, what are the memories that kind of last with you? What are the moments that you fall back on when it comes back to baseball season?
1: well i mean there's just so many experiences that, that i that i've had from that season and and obviously the, my whole career but i mean just being able to to play for a great manager like mike Sosha and you look at the the coaching staff that was a part of that team uh mickey hatcher um ron reneke who is now uh with obviously with the red uh, red Sox, um you know Tons and tons of of, of great coaches. Joe Madden, obviously, with the Cubs. There were so many coaches that I was able to play for and learn from the game of baseball at that level that those guys went on to uh, have great careers for themselves as, as coaches in Major League Baseball. So that was a great experience. But obviously, you know, being a part of that whole team and and getting to where we did and play with some great players like the Darren Erstads and the Troy Gloss, uh, Garrett Anderson. I mean, these are some great players in the game. It was just an exciting time and it was so much fun.
0: Speaking here with Mark Lukashevitz in significant sound bites here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning and, and having the opportunity to speak on your history and, and on your time. When you go back to when you were drafted because, you know, the, uh, the Major League Baseball draft, I mean, it's such a deep draft. You were drafted at the time in 1991 in the 29th round by the New York Mets and a junior amateur draft from Secaucus, and then you got the Toronto Blue Jays in the first round of the 1993 MLB uh, June amateur draft and whatnot. Just going through the system here, that there's, you know, you get drafted and, and you still might be playing somewhere. I mean, in the case, the unique case of Kyler Murray, he gets drafted and he's still playing football in college. So bring me into being a part of the Major League Baseball draft and going through the process and just all that that was because it is a truly unique draft as opposed to maybe the nba draft the nhl or the nfl draft
1: yeah it was obviously an exciting time and a a great experience um i know at the time of the draft i knew i was going to go pretty high in the draft just from uh from talking to people so i knew i was going to be within that one to third round area um so I, i did get some calls throughout the day um You know, where there might be a projection. And then obviously, you know, the Blue Jays gave me the call and told me uh, I was picked in that first round. So it was was just an awesome experience. Uh, You know, all the hard work uh, that you put in, and as an athlete, as all athletes do, no matter what sport you're playing, uh, all the sacrifice you do throughout your childhood and all through high school and college. Ah, uh, just to get that call and and know that uh, you're one step closer to making that dream and getting drafted to play on a professional baseball team. It was uh, it was just a sweet moment, and uh, it's something that I, I wish a lot of athletes uh, playing the game of baseball are able to experience.
0: And, and when you had that experience, and, and you got to go through that, like you said, you know, you got you got calls throughout the day, and you, the notion that you're going to go pretty high in that just you know all that work that you put in growing up and then having that moment to know not only are you going to realize your dream of playing major league baseball but that you were going to be a high draft pick and that there was this respect for you that was around the country and and this overall sense that not only were you going to play the game but that you had already you know obviously caught the eyes of a bunch of people around around the around the league and around the uh, beautiful sport of baseball as well
1: yeah i mean it's, it's obviously great to, to to be a high draft pick but you know really that's where you know okay hey i got drafted high now i gotta prove myself so now when you go to spring training and you know there's expectations of being a high pick and you know now you're going to spring training with you know 50 60 other guys from all over the, the country really all over the world now because baseball is such an international sport uh you're playing with a group of guys that uh, are just as good as you <laughs> so um and you gotta we're, even work harder than you ever have so it's just uh it's just the beginning
0: and to go through the process that you went through speaking here with Mark Lukashevitz before we get into some of the topics of the day, just just to speak on, you know, coming up through the ranks, you get drafted, it's a beautiful feeling, it's wonderful, you put the hat on, you feel good, but now you got to go up and you have to earn your keep, so to speak. You don't, you don't get drafted as, you know, in the first round of the, like the NBA draft and you go straight to the team or you're a, you know, 20th pick of the NFL draft or 51st pick or, you know... Two hundred and first pick and, and you get to be out there on the 53 man roster you got to work your way through you go to single a you get to double a triple a and move on bring me through that process and the, ardu- the arduous process of saying okay i got drafted now i have to prove myself and now i'm going to have to literally start from ground zero of major league baseball and work my way up
1: yeah that's it's a great great advice right there because baseball is obviously everybody knows baseball is a a tough sport. It's a game of failure, but it's also challenging mentally. And I think sometimes the mental part of the game is even tougher than the physical. Uh, And having to go through the minor leagues and go from rookie ball to a ball, to double a and triple a, and work your way up the ladder it's you know obviously you got to have the skill set but you have to have the mental toughness uh, to be able to you know to, to be on 12 15 hour bus rides every other day and and half the time you never know what city you're in and and really not getting paid a whole lot of money to play in single a and double a uh, you got to put you got to really love the sport first of all but you got to have the commitment and you got to put your time in and be mentally tough because this game's going to challenge you all the time And uh, if you don't have that mental toughness uh, and have that positive outlook, uh, it could really um, be a detriment to you. And I've seen it affect a lot of guys, a lot of good players uh, that weren't able to stay at that level mentally. Uh, So that's one of the big things that the challenge is. But uh, I tell you, man, if you can stick with it and be tough and and continue to do what you love, uh, it's a great support and a great opportunity.
0: Speaking here with Mark Lukasiewicz of the 2002 World Series champion, and angels, the they've been the Anaheim Angels, the Los Angeles Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. How much does that confuse you, Mark, that they're named after two cities? <laughs>
1: yeah, it, was, it took me a while to get used to. We were the you know, LA Angels of Orange
0: County, California, so it's, <laughs> you know,
1: uh, I think as players, we were just, hey, as long as we had a uniform, we didn't really care what we were called, uh, so we'll let the fans and everybody else decide what they <laughs> want to call us, but we were just happy to have a uniform and, and playing baseball and, and, and supporting that Orange County community.
0: Speaking about being called being called up to the Hall of Fame, the class of 2019, we have Edgar Martinez, Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, and, of course, the man Mariano Rivera. I, I want to speak with you on the class as a whole and, and kind of go guy by guy here. Edgar Martinez, just what you can say about him joining the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Edgar, one of the, the greatest DHs in, in baseball, the guy was just an unbelievable hitter in his whole career. You look at his stats and his numbers. I mean, he was just a constant professional, consistently every year. Uh, he's just a hitting machine. So it's it was great to see him finally get in get in the hall this year. Um, I believe it was last year on the ballot. So uh, I know a lot of people, uh, especially the Mariner fans, were looking uh, looking to see him get in. So it was great to see him to get in there.
0: And to go to another person on the list here that I wanted to get into before we got to the last couple guys here, Mike Mussina. What you can what what you can say about Mike Mussina and just what he's meant to the game?
1: Another great pitcher. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys nowadays that are true over-the-top pitchers. Uh, Mike Mussina was one of those guys where – Straight over the top. He had that big breaking 12 to 6 curveball, uh, but just a constant professional and just um, a tough guy on the mound. I mean, he was out there. When you knew he was pitching, uh, you were in for a fight. And uh, he had obviously a long career with the Orioles and, and had some great years with the Yankees, uh, but just another uh, great, great pitcher, uh, great professional that uh, is deservedly uh, being in the Hall of Fame.
0: And then someone who you had the opportunity to play with and be around is Roy Halladay. Just what you could say about him having that one-on-one personal experience of being around Roy, just what it means to have him in the Hall of Fame and to go into your relationship with him, the time that you got to spend around him.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy for, for Roy. He um, he was uh, a good friend. Roy I, uh, I got a chance to play with him for a couple of years here in Syracuse uh, with the Chiefs and I actually he was my roommate for a few years so got to know Roy very well uh, just an amazing person uh, and I say this all the time he's probably the hardest working guy in baseball that i've ever seen and you hear all these stories from from his former teammates about how his work ethic was and i can tell you firsthand it's all true i mean i remember going to uh the chief stadium here in syracuse and you know i was a kind of guy that loved to work out and get to the field early and you know i'll pull into the parking lot here at the chief stadium and you know i see roy running you know uh, three miles around the parking lot and he's been at the field for <laughs> three hours before I get there and he's he's full of sweat and I'm like wow I'm like I thought I was serious this guy really wants it so uh, Roy was just a guy that when you talk to him he wasn't uh, he's kind of a quiet guy didn't talk a whole lot uh, but you can just see by his work ethic and his attitude uh, i would never seen a, a guy so young be so determined to be great at, at his profession and uh, than anybody i've ever played with and i've played some with some great players uh but that's the one thing that stands out to me and, and i know a lot of people share who played with him have that same feeling is just the guy was so focused on being great and
0: especially at that young of an age which you don't see that very often was was pretty impressive and and when you like you said you know to to come up with him through the ranks and, and be here with the Chiefs what did you see from him back then i mean was it just always the has he always been the consummate professional the guy that goes to work every day and you know wherever he's at he's going to give his best game how did you see him come up the ranks
1: yeah i mean you knew and you knew when you met roy that he was going to be something special obviously you know, we talk about the work ethic, but you could see firsthand the athletic ability that he had, the hard fastball. Uh, but what a people, a lot of people, don't know is that you know, Roy is a guy that when he went to the big leagues, he had some big struggles and he couldn't throw strikes. I think one year he had a 10 ERA in the big leagues, and they actually sent him back down to single A baseball to try to salvage his career and, and get back get back on track. And I know Mel Queen, who used to be the Blue Jays' uh, pitching coach. Uh, kind of the pitching guru who I played for, amazing guy. Uh, he helped him down in, in Dunedin, Florida, uh, with his arm angle. They they moved him from over the top pitcher to more of a, a three-quarter arm slot uh, to get more movement on the ball, to have a little more action on the ball. And you know, by doing that, he was able to get his career back on track. And when he went back to the big leagues, he not only was effective, he had the next ten years. He was dominant in the game of baseball. You know, going on to win those World Series with the Phillies and. And obviously, becoming uh, you know good enough to get those numbers, to get in the Hall of Fame. So, to me, that was the most impressive thing by Roy is not only the athletic ability. Um the work ethic but the adversity he was able to go through uh a lot of people at that level in the big leagues if you get sent down to single a a lot of guys wouldn't be able to do that uh and the fact that he was able to uh to put his tail between the legs and say hey, listen i got to get this done and get back to work and, and get himself uh back to where he once was was is pretty impressive
0: Speaking here with Mark Lukashev, it's about this Hall of Fame class for 2019. The final person to speak on in this class is Mariano Rivera, the last guy to wear number 42 before it was hung up for real, for real. And, you know, obviously uh, Jackie Robinson wore that number extremely well as well. So Mariano Rivera, I had the opportunity. My dad had never been to the old Yankee Stadium or the new Yankee Stadium. He's always been a Yankee fan. I brought him I I brought him actually the uh, the last the last season for Mariano Rivera. We went there on Jackie Robinson Day, so everybody's wearing number forty-two, and my dad got to experience it. I got to experience it together for the first time. Got to see Mariano Rivera. He is a tremendous player that will you know transcend time and in, in my opinion he wore the pinstripes extremely well and to a lot of Yankee fans you know they look back to him and say that you know they're they're waiting for the next person to make him feel the way that he did what can you say about Mariano Rivera and what he's meant to the game yeah I
1: mean it's what 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 can you not say about him I mean, he's, the, he's the greatest closer in the game of baseball so uh you know Mariano his consistency over that long period of time in the big leagues was just you know it was just so impressive and, and to think about it I mean he had really one pitch that was dominant, and that was his cut fastball. And the fact that he was so dominating—I mean, the hitters knew that cut fastball was coming, and they still couldn't hit it, or their broken bat. I mean, it's—they weren't able to make that adjustment. And then he comes back with that high rising fastball. Um, it, you know, nowadays you don't see that where you know a closer or a guy has maybe one pitch uh, to be effective, and he was able to do that for such a long time. Uh, was was pretty remarkable. Uh, But, you know, I I, I didn't know Mariano uh, personally, but for the people that I've played with, the people that knew him, I mean, he was a class act. Uh, He played the game the right way. And uh, it was just awesome that he was able to break that barrier uh, to get that unanimous vote uh, for the first time.
0: And to have that, I mean, we look at the history of the Hall of Fame and everybody that's been voted in to the Hall of Fame, and we have our first ever unanimously elected player. Just what, I mean, for that, I mean, like you said, what could you not say about Mariano Rivera? There's so many positive things to say about Mariano Rivera. But to be unanimously elected, 100%, just just what, I mean, did, did you expect anything less, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: No, I, I think everybody, I mean, everybody was kind of thinking it might happen, and uh, I think even Mariano was kind of—he didn't know if it was going to happen either, based on you know some of the video clips that I've seen. But you know, you look at all the greats over the years—Nolan Ryan, I mean, so many great pitchers, um, even not even just pitchers, players in general that never had that opportunity. Cal Ripken to be unanimous vote. So the fact that he was the first one to do that is is amazing. I mean, it's it's amazing for the game of baseball. It's amazing uh, for the Yankees for him. I mean, it's just it's pretty impressive, and it's something that uh, I know that he. It meant a lot to him not only just to get into Hall of Fame but to be able to be the first one to to get in unanimously I think that was for him that was pretty special
0: And, and then there's the facts of what hat these gentlemen will have in the Hall of Fame, and and you know some of these guys that are in this class of 2019, saying that they they don't know if they could choose. You know, Mike Mussina has brought it up, and Roy Halladay as well. Uh, if they'll just have a blank hat at you know a, a, to represent them inside of the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, what do you think about that? You know, to have players that. You know, fell in love with more than one place and, and, you know, obviously have memories in both and, and can't seem to choose which one. So are going to have a blank hat there instead. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question and I've, I've been listening to the debate over the last couple of days with, with baseball analysts and that, that's that been a big topic of discussion, especially this year, like you said, Dan, when you have a guy like Mike Messina and Roy Halladay, you know, Messina spent a majority of his career with the Orioles, but then he had such great years with the Yankees and same thing with Roy, I mean he came up through that Blue Jay organization and they were the ones that were able to give him that second chance when he, when he fell down, uh, but then he
0: had those great years with the Phillies, uh, so what do you do? I don't know. (laughs) It's,
1: you know, it's a tough situation, but, you know, and I also have heard people which which I kind of agree as well is that, hey, you know what, why even have a hat on when you go to the Hall of Fame? It should be just inducting that 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 player over his long period of career regardless of what team he was on. So uh, it's a great discussion. I know it's going to be probably a bigger discussion as we get closer to the actual induction. And, you know, you look at some of these classes that are coming up again, it's, it's always going to be a topic, um, but it's, it's an interesting topic and I can't tell you what's right or what's wrong, but it's, it'll be interesting to see what, what how these guys go in this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking here with Mark Lukasiewicz, a 2002 World Series champion with the Angels. Mark, before I let you go here, uh, a couple more questions here. First, uh, about Bryce Harper, the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. You know, this is something that we've been talking about for years. You know, this guy comes up the ranks. He gets the opportunity to play for the Chiefs here in Syracuse, who used to have the Washington Nationals as their parent team. And, obviously, he's done what he's done with the Nationals. A young guy who's out there, you know, proving that he could pretty much do anything. Where do you see Bryce Harper? Because everybody has an opinion. So, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Honestly, it's... um I think Harper is more of a mystery than Machado uh, because I think, you know, the Yankees have already said, Hey, listen, we don't know if if Harper is the right fit for us, you know, trying to see what team where he's going to be that right fit. Um, But, you know, I I think baseball in general, it's also, too, a lot of teams are kind of asking themselves the question as an organization, do I want to invest a a long-term 10-year $300 million uh, to one player? And we've seen over the last few years where teams that have won the World Series where they didn't have that big, you know, big contract on their team, their big, you know two hundred fifty three hundred million dollar contract guys they were able to win without that with a bunch of very good players uh so it's going to be interesting to see who is going to take that shot uh with the Bryce Harper and the Manny Machado is it going to be the team as always like the New York Yankees or is it going to be the Dodgers um or is it going to be someone that uh, maybe hey you know what you know we're going to spend all our money on, on Bryce Harper and, and hopefully he's going to take us to the next level um so I I don't know. Uh, I would say at first I thought he was going to go to the Dodgers when the Dodgers uh, got rid of some of their outfielders with Kemp and uh, Yasiel Puig. Um, You know, but I'm surprised that both of them have not signed yet. So it's kind of interesting how this is all playing out right now. And, you know, you look at the Yankees, everybody thought that, you know, Machado is going to go to the Yankees and he still might go to the Yankees, but, you know, the Yankees are signing Troy Tulowitzki as a shortstop, as a backup. Uh, So, it's, it's going to be interesting over these next few weeks, so what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to be interesting to see, ultimately, who, quote-unquote, wins this sweepstakes. Uh, and anything, you know, as far as transactions going, I know you just talked about it a little bit, but is there anything that sticks out to you with some of the transactions that have already happened or maybe some of those things that are on the table right now?
1: Well, you're definitely seeing a lot of teams that were close last year, like the Brewers. Uh, you look at the Dodgers, teams that are right there on that cusp. They're they're starting to make a lot of moves, um, and but you know, obviously, and, and I know people here in Syracuse want to obviously want to talk about the Yankees, but I think some of the moves that they have made, uh, they're trying to solidify that that starting rotation, getting Zach Britton, uh, getting guys at a, at a at a low price, like a Troy to whiskey, maybe not in his prime right now, but guys that can help out the team, um, where they're not, they're not sitting back waiting for that, that big, that big signing. They're going out getting those, those, um, utility players to help them every day. Uh, so I think the Yankees made some great moves. Um, I don't think they're done yet. <laughs> so, uh, the nationals, uh, obviously, uh, Patrick Corbin getting him, getting that. I mean, they have an outstanding pitching rotation. Uh, There's still a chance the uh, the Nationals might go after Bryce Harper and try to keep him in Washington. You know, if they can get him, and now you're talking a a serious team uh, that's going to be a contender for the World Series this year.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where everything shakes out in in, uh, a final piece here on Tim Tebow. And just what you think about, you know, what he's done for the game, what you know, what What he has brought to it, who he is in general. I mean, I had the opportunity to to speak with him a couple times in history on the football side of things, and at one time working down at ESPN on the weekend at Hollywood Studios and Disney and, and being able to kind of be with him on the side of the stage for a few minutes. But what do you think about the Tim Tebow factor in baseball?
1: I think it's great. I mean, it's uh, I don't obviously know Tim personally, but, you know, everyone you talk to, he's an outstanding guy. Um you know he's a guy that just loves baseball and he wants to give it a shot and hey you know what if he can compete at this level good for him go for it um you know he's a guy that really doesn't have a whole lot to prove he's got a great job being an analyst for college football uh but you know he still has the passion he has a goal he's very goal driven and and this is one of the things he wanted to do is play professional baseball so he's giving it a shot and you know i'm sure we're going to see him in syracuse this year which is going to be awesome to see uh, it's going to be fun for the fans to, to watch. Not only him, but also, you know, the Mets organization. Um, You know, obviously, it's been a great tradition here in Syracuse, having some great players come through here. Uh, But obviously, being in New York with the Mets here, it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of Mets fans in this area in central New York. uh, New team, and uh, I'm looking forward to it as well.
0: And I lied. I do have one final point here. Kyler Murray. Getting drafted in the top 10 ninth overall by the Oakland A's. There's a clause in his contract that he can continue to play football, so he keeps playing for Oklahoma. They make it to the college football playoff. They're in the final four. Of over a hundred teams in our nation at the highest level of college football, and he decides recently here to put his name into the NFL draft. What are your thoughts on the Kyler Murray factor? The Oakland A's put their you know a lot of eggs in his basket, make him their first round pick, make him in the, a top ten pick overall, give him almost five million dollars, and now he's still toying with the idea of do I like football more than baseball? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's, uh, he's obviously an amazing athlete to be able to play at that level in both sports. Uh, there's not many people that obviously can do that. You know, you look at Bo Jackson, guys like that, that were just superior athletes. So, um, You know, I I think out of respect, he maybe he could have came out earlier and decided, you know, at least give the teams, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. Um, Because obviously the Oakland A's are, are, you know, they're putting their best foot forward. They're investing money in him and they have plans for their organization. So uh, I think for him, if he was able to come out a little bit sooner and maybe decide what did he wanted to do and what direction, uh, I think that would have helped all the parties. Uh, But, you know, obviously he's a tremendous athlete and, you know, he's probably going to be very successful if he chooses football or baseball um so but you know it's you know the money that's thrown around nowadays it's uh it's very enticing for these young guys out of college so it's uh it's a it's a tough decision so but it's uh it's 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 a great situation to be in but it's i get it there's a lot of other things coming to factor as well
0: absolutely that coming from mark lukashevitz here On the segment Significant Sound Bites Inside a Wake Up Call with tour which you can hear every Friday at 9.30 a.m. inside of the show. Mark, as always, it's great to have you back on the show. We've opened a bunch of doors on this broadcast, which means that we have to have you back sooner than later. So hopefully we can get you back here soon. Anytime,
1: man. I'd love to be on your show, and hopefully the snow gets out of here and we can start playing some baseball.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or you just push it to the side and pretend it doesn't exist like we've done before. There we go. All right, take care, be good, and I'll talk to you soon.